Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I know that all those things that you try and chase, they're not real. And you know, and I let in a lot of people that I shouldn't have done because I trusted people that actually was just quite jealous and was wanted what I had. So they screwed me over and you know, that, that hurt. Hello and welcome back to Beautiful Lives, the podcast in which I, Madeline Spencer, invite a guest to reflect on the parts of their life story where beauty rituals or products have played a role and how what they saw in the mirror or perceive they saw in the mirror has had an impact. Today, I'm joined by the actress, producer, mother and designer of Frost Yoga Wear, Sadie Frost. Sadie and I talk about her childhood with very bohemian, relaxed parents and how that translated into a bit of a non-rebellion, teenage rebellion, how she's navigated her acting and producing career, which started when she was just four years old and which she's still very much active in. And she'll be producing a documentary on Mary Quant early next year. We also discuss managing love and divorce while keeping a sense of self, her postnatal depression, and of course, Sadie shares her favourite products and top London spots. I should also add that we recorded in Sadie's family house, so that explains the dog barks and doorbell ringing, etc. Here's Sadie. Hello. Hello. Your name wasn't initially Sadie Frost. Um, no, when I was born, I was Sadie Vaughan. My dad's name's Vaughan. Mm-hmm. And when my mum remarried, I guess when I was about six, she changed it to Frost. And do you still feel like a Vaughan or do you definitely feel like Frost? Um, I think my dad was always really upset that I changed my name from Vaughan to Frost. But I think Frost has just been my name all the way through school, you know, and it's kind of a name that stood out in a way. And my sister's called Sunshine Frost. I think, you know, we were always kind of, the name Frost was quite kind of frosty. I don't know, there's something crisp about it. So even though I like Vaughan... Um, I've always felt like a frost, but he always told me my name was Sadie Von Varan, which sounds quite um, glamorous. It does sound glamorous, but mm. you're right, frost is very evocative, isn't it? Yeah. It does feel quite strong. Too. Yeah. So tell me about your childhood then. You were born to Mancunian parents, but grew up in Camden. What were your parents like? So my mum and dad, uh, my mum ran away from home when she was 16, eloped with my dad, who was already married with two kids, and they went to Cornwall, and then they ended up in Camden, well, it was Islington oh. when she first um, came down and yeah. she was pregnant with me. Then she went to hospital, had me, and my dad came to the hospital, this is what she told me, <clears throat> and um, said, that's not my baby, and disappeared. So when she left hospital, in those days you had to be in for 10 days, mm-hmm. she left hospital and went to Islington to where they lived and he'd moved, so she didn't know where to go. And then she found um, kind of... Uh, somehow located him, I think, from a newsagent or something. And he'd moved um, onto this place in Camden, Gloucester Avenue, and lived in a in a, a kind of one-room place with two other men. So she lived with in a room, that, in a single bed with me and my dad and her in a single bed and two other men in who he worked with. He was an artist, psychedelic artist. He was 
well, a schoolgirl who kind of just left school and was into the theatre, wanted to be uh, an actress and a dancer. Um, yeah, so they're very bohemian, very young, very poor, mm. and hippies, and kind of in that whole kind of 60s um, world of David Bailey and um, the Beatles and that kind of stuff. Was there a lot of structure in your early life then, or was it quite relaxed? Uh, very relaxed. <laughs> I don't think there was any structure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think when, you know, you, your mum's 16, and she's just basically a child herself, then, um, you know, they didn't have any money, so they didn't really have a proper place to live, so we didn't really, you know, you don't, we, there wasn't a, ho- like a home or... Um, but there was a lot of love and a lot of um, creativity and a lot of... Um, uh, I think it was a very colourful life. There were five of you. Five girls. girls. I've got There's five girls yeah. and I've got five brothers as well because my dad had boys. And what were Christmases and what were celebrations like? Were they noisy and raucous? Yeah. I mean, I think... Oh, that's the doorbell. Yes, please. Oh. Um, yeah, I think Christmases were just fun. I always remember, like... like Things like um, Little Women and, you know, it's very like a Victorian novel in the sense that I was a big sister yeah. and then, you know, a little house on the prairie. Or, you know, there's those family kind of... My mum moved to the country, mm-hmm. so even though we lived in London for a long time and it was crazy... Hey! We're doing a podcast. like live on We're doing a podcast, it's okay. Um, <laughs> hi, uh, Oh, your hair's blonde. How come? Hello. Hello, hi, Madeline. Hi. Madeline, Jude. Yeah, uh, that's good like that. Because I've been playing another character for six months and I had to get rid of him and me and my friends thought we'd have a laugh. <laughs> it was blue. And now I'm not too really, old. Yeah, I was really old to have blue hair. I'll come back All right then. Um, like in London, it was like we moved from Camden then we went to West Hampstead and we were like punks and it was very... My mum worked at the markets and it felt really kind of London street. And then she moved to the countryside and lived in Shropshire, which was idyllic. And we lived in a little cottage with a thatched roof. And then she had two more babies. So mm-hmm. I was the big sister. It just felt really idyllic with, you know, having these beautiful baby sisters. And then we had... And then I started having kids and... It's quite bustling and quite... It was bustling, but, but cosy and warm and, yeah. and loving and babies and... Yeah. Um, yeah, and then there was the, then I had my northern family, you know, my five brothers up in in the north, so I, I kind of felt very divided. You know, I had the girls and femininity and countryside, and then I had my Mancunian family yeah. and my brothers. So well, among the women in the family, what was the culture around beauty like? Was your mum someone who did, did a lot of makeup, was into it, or painted her face in any way? So my mum was... Um, so as she had me when she was 16, she, you know, I remember being at her 21st birthday and giving her the bumps and, you know, she already had three kids by then. Yeah. And she used to wear, like, she was inspired by people like Bieber and Mary Quant and she was very stylish and very beautiful and was in, uh, uh, she worked in films and um, fashion and also in music. And she had a very, you know, she had a perm. Mm. She used to have very bow lips and she'd wear this dark lipstick. And I remember always going to her dressing table and stealing the Clinique make um, moisturizer. Like she didn't have much money, but she would have. I remember this Clinique bottle, mm-hmm. that yellow moisturizer that still exists, and she'd have a bit of makeup. But you know, in those days, people would have a couple of pieces of makeup and four dresses. Mm-hmm. And I remember a bit going to school. I had two skirts, two shirts, maybe a pair of jeans, a couple of t-shirts. That was my wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if it was just because I was in coming from a very kind of you know, not a family with not much money, 
or that the whole of society now, you know, people have so much makeup, so much, so many choices of clothes, they don't have five coats or whatever. Um, so I have seen a, a huge evolution in fashion and beauty and film. Do you want to let that stupid dog out? We're talking about the little dog, by the way, who's here. What's your dog called? Uh, Rosie. Rosie. She likes having her head on. She yeah. has a bit of a perm as well. Sure. Mm. Yeah, Rosie's um, very sweet. She greeted me at the door with quite a lot of barks. <laughs> so you're vegetarian now and you don't have meat. I've always been vegetarian. Right. So um, were your parents veggie? Yeah. Well, no. My dad ate meat. My mum turned vegetarian when I was a child, but I never wanted to eat meat. And it was always very... Um, you know, if, if my mum tried to give it to me at that time, I wouldn't mm-hmm. eat it. So I basically... Um, yeah, I've always been vegetarian mm-hmm. and brought my kids up vegetarian. Mm-hmm. They've all been vegetarian. The youngest one, one chose to eat meat, so I let him eat meat. But he's mm-hmm. now 17 and, and t- decided to eat uh, vegetarian food too because actually it's the best diet to have. Yeah. And they're proving it now in this new documentary that everyone's watching. Um, has proven to everybody that what I've said all along was completely right. There was a lot of cynicism. I... Um, used to have to have a mashed potato sandwich at school with mushy peas that because that was the only vegetarian food they had okay. and um you know though my stepdad was a veg became a vegetarian and so was my mum so they were pioneers in like finding really in, there would be the odd interesting vegetarian um health food shop mm-hmm. which would have like sosso mix mix which would be like a veggie sausage mix mm-hmm. and you know, dookie bean burgers and stuff. And, and we always... And actually, vegetarian food tasted so brilliant then because it, it wasn't kind of like now as well. Like, it's become a bit fast food. Mm-hmm. So I... You know, we, we lived off really hearty food, stews and, yeah, like a lot of veggie shepherd's pies and mm. all of that stuff. So... But, no, people did laugh at me. And I, it was like, oh, yeah, you're vegetarian and you um, do yoga and you burn incense, but... And now some people say to me, oh, God, you've, your life, you've changed, you've turned it all around, and you're so healthy. I'm like, no, I've been doing this all my life. It was just some people chose to write about other things. Tell me about your teenage years then. Were you a rebellious teenager? So I had got a scholarship to go to a stage school, um, which was great because I had a really nice um, kind of education in, in drama and dance. And then when I got to about 15, and I guess I'd kind of pigeonholed myself as being long hair and bows and pigtails I suddenly realized I how do I get out of that mm-hmm. so I bye I'll be back. okay see you guys. Love you. Nice to see you, yeah see you Saturday it's funny having <laughs> you've got a family home you've got obviously yeah. lots of children teenagers ex-husbands yeah. walking around so then I rebelled and I was at this school and I had pigtails and then we cut off my pigtails one day and I decided to run away from school and went to Liverpool with a friend of mine. When you say you... Can I just stop you? When you said you decided to run away from school, you, you're telling this as if that's quite a relaxed thing yeah. to do. But was there any <clears throat> fear around that? Not really, because it was like, I am a bit of a dramatist, fantasist, and I just said to my friend... She was going to visit her sister in Liverpool, and I was like, I'm coming with you, I'm going to bunk off school. Just did it, and just didn't really think about the consequences. And then, obviously, came back and yeah. got sent back, and then got in trouble... And then I was just like, look, I'm not happy. I want to leave school and I want to be a punk rocker. And my mum was like, oh, my God, are you crazy? You've just had the scholarship and you should stay at the school. And then I um, I just changed my school and went to this this uh, comprehensive in, in Primrose Hill. And um, no, no, in West Hampstead. And, and that was my, my rebellion. I mean, I didn't really have anything to rebel against because my mm-hmm. dad was... The most rebellious person. I was going to say, your parents sound like they're already quite relaxed. Yeah. 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 And then um, 
and then my mum, you know, they didn't really mm-hmm. care. So, so I kind of did that and then realised very quickly that actually what was I rebelling against? I wanted to be in film and theatre, so then I just went back to acting mm-hmm. and start, I did a play up in Manchester and, and then... How old were you when you did about, that play? Uh, late teens, early 20s. And then I ended up getting married mm-hmm. quite early and mm-hmm. having Finn. So then I kind of stopped acting for a while to kind of be a mum. Just want to ask you about between being a teenager and let's say having Finn, what for you was your appearance, was it a source of joy? Were there any battles for you? No, I kind of felt like, always felt quite comfortable with myself, really. I, I, I didn't like being as small as I was. I was always like conscious of my height, but... How tall are you? Um, five, four and a half. Yeah. But then at school then, it was good to be short because you played younger parts. So it was right. always good to be, you wanted to be smaller. But as I kind of then started modelling a bit and, and, you know, I kind of felt a little bit like I was I was short. And, I, you know, I was always quite... Conf- I was OK about my body. There were mm-hmm. certain things I was more kind of um, self-conscious about being really hypermobile. Like, every, my legs and arms are really bendy mm-hmm. and people would, like, tease me about that. The first time I started really not feeling happy with my, my figure was after I had Rudy and I did get postnatal depression mm-hmm. and I got very thin and I was, like, having sleep problems and anxiety and all that stuff and I I lost a lot of weight I got down to like six six and a half stone or something but then everyone was so worried about me everybody tried to make make me to eat but then I was eating all the time so everyone was forcing me to eat and then I kind of got over that kind of being underweight and I felt like I went I got big and then I felt like since then I'm constantly thinking about my weight because I'd Mm. got so low and then I felt like I got bloated and big yeah. And it, because I was unhappy, I don't know. When I didn't think about it, yeah. it just like I just ate normally. When now it's like every, you know, you think, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not like trying to manage it, but I do know that sometimes, and a lot of my job as well, it's like eating out. And then I know at home I'm not going to eat chips or or kind of lots of carbs, but mm-hmm. I have to go out and then I'll eat the kind of wrong thing. And then then you know, there's this like battle and getting older as a woman, you kind of. You know, there's that, you know, I want to be in shape. I want to feel good about myself. When you were younger and you were going to become an actress and you'd said in your head, this is what I'm going to do, what was it about that appealed? I was programmed to do that. Mm -hmm. And at school, as, you know, even in normal primary school, they'd picked up on that I would be, they thought I'd be good for performing. And that's Mm -hmm. why I got the scholarship. And then it was really, I was just like, there was never any other choices. And I just thought that's all there was. But now looking back at it, I kind of think how interesting it would have been if I'd have actually thought maybe I did want to be a vet or a doctor, but there was never any other way. So I just went full on into modelling, acting, performing, putting myself out there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about your appearance, what you look like, how you speak. It's all about the outside stuff and nothing really going on so much within and it's funny how you've if you've been in the industry from a young from four years old yeah and you've been through every stage you've literally played like now I'm playing the old grumpy mum do you know what I mean or the barren the barren kind of widowess so I've pulled out a couple of music videos that you were in that I said to you before we started recording I had no idea that you'd been in these so the first one I'm going to talk about is 1983 Spandau Ballet Gold yeah and you are the gold woman in that video yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Were you spray painted gold? Were you painted um, gold? Yeah, I think spray painted and painted. And um, it was funny because I remember doing an audition, and I was sixteen, and it was a director called Duffy, 
who were very um, iconic and brilliant at the time. Um, Gary Kemp was there, and he mm-hmm. said to me, they were telling me to be a flower or do some kind of, like, imagine you're growing and blah, blah, blah did this thing and then I got it and then I did the video and I remember being very alert like in Seville filming that and feeling quite alone and then and then Gary like kind of asking me out on a bit of a date but I was just like ah this is Gary and then I a few years later did the fight for yourselves video which Mm -hmm. I did Mm -hmm. and then Gary asked me out and then Uh, I did it and then we ended up being together but between then, you also did Simply Red, Holding Back the Years. I did Holding Back the Years <laughs> up in, I think it was Whitney Bay. Yes, it was a very kind of blustery mm. look. And do you have a perm in that? Am I right in thinking that's a perm? I think my hair's just like the way it was cut. It's naturally curly. Okay. So it just kind of feathered out like yeah. that. And then the final one is 1995, Common People. Common People, which I, I love that video to, you know, still today. And I think um, that song is brilliant. And, and Pulp were with my a brilliant mm-hmm. band. I love their music and... I had been living with Steve Mackey, who's a bassist, and they called me up and was like, we think you could be this girl. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm very common. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm from Manchester. I'm like <laughs> you guys. Um, but they thought I, I kind of had some of the traits as the, the character. So it was, it was um, I was always found it quite intimidating to be in that video because I thought Jarvis was so cool. So to get that part, you know, and just being it was like more scary than doing some yeah. of the acting roles that I did. What were the products and what were the things that you remember from that period? So I used to wear like, like the, we'd always dye our head, you know, it's very asymmetric, mm-hmm. um, very androgynous. So I'd always have that black hair with a, you know, slightly, it's very tomboyish. Mm. I, I didn't want to wear too much makeup. I liked being, yeah, more like a boy. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever wore lots of makeup. The only time I wore makeup was when people put makeup on me. Are you good shoot. at doing your own makeup? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm I mean, I, I, I've never, I always find it like time wasting, you know, I'm always rushing so I do everything yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, but I, if I needed to do it for, mm-hmm. for a shoot or like um, filming or something, I could do it or for an event, but. So it's not like a meditative experience for you, for you it's. Everything more... I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm cutting corners and doing right. it really fast, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I've got to cook, I've got to cook kid, um, the, di- the kids dinner, or I've got to do this, this and this, a hundred mm-hmm. emails and. Mm-hmm. Then I've got to get ready and oh, I have remembered what I'm going to wear if I'm going to an event. So everything's yeah. like fast and mm-hmm. shambolic. You touched on your postnatal depression. Yeah. I wanted to ask you more specifically about every time you have a child, from what I know from people I know who've got lots of children, is that your body changes and then, you know, it kind of goes back to some sort of normal. Then mm. you have another one, your body changes. Mm-hmm. Did that affect the way you felt about your body? I know that you said you lost a lot of weight after you had Rudy. Um, mm-hmm. But in general, just the feeling of, you know, your skin feeling different on your body and your body yeah. is sitting differently. I don't think um, it changed too much. I think it's definitely changed more. Like, I, no- I noticed more, of, not after having kids mm. so much. That was that the easy compared to, like, getting past 45. Because, right. like, now, like, I can see my, you know, you're, like, you get that kind of crease in your elbows, you get the crease in your knees. You know, it's harder as you... You know, definitely with elasticity with age. I was very lucky I didn't get stretch amounts or mm-hmm. anything. Um, I've got a lot of collagen in my body because of the hypermobility. But, you know, skin gets, as you get older, more dehydrated. You get jowls, you get this, you get that. You know, and you're like, I'm actually feeling really smiley and happy. And then your, but your face, it's gravity. Tells another story. Gravity yeah. tells, you know, yeah. pulls us down. You've got to do a lot of things to, you know, but then it's like doing things to kind of change that whether it be 
facial massage or handstands or headstands or like yesterday mm-hmm. someone treated me to go to this face gym thing you know face gym's great face gym's great but yeah. it's like you know when do you have the time to do that all yeah. the time you know? yeah, but it yeah, was yeah. it was good but I wish I'd been doing it for the last 20 years yeah it's quite nice though to feel that your face has been like has got blood flowing in it properly I think that's one of the yeah they really kind of you know stretch everything hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So when you put acting slightly on hold to have children and you were taking pauses in your career, what were the challenges with going back to it? Was it something that you found challenging to immerse yourself in again mentally or was it more that when you go back to a career you feel like you've taken, you put brakes on and then you're trying to push back in? I think um, people write you off, especially then, as it, you know, it was like, you know, there were a lot of stigmas involved with being a young mum in, 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 in film and, and if you'd taken two years off... It was like going back to start again and you've got to prove yourself even more. Mm. You, a lot of your peers had had another two years of work and they'd really progressed and you hadn't had that opportunity. You go back and you're feeling a little bit more insecure. Mm. You've got nothing to show on tape. Um, you've got to prove yourself. You know, it's a lot harder. And I'd get myself to a situation where, you know, things would be going really well and then I'd get pregnant again. And then, you know, and it was just like every you kind of take getting knockbacks. But, you know, I'm, I've always been driven and I've always nev- I never wanted to give up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been very important um, just to keep going and never to kind of, you know, it's not like I need to, you know, I, it's not like I've ever set myself like, oh, I want to be big in Hollywood or I, wanted, I want this. And, yes, sometimes it was frustrating not to get the roles that I wanted, but I always made the best of what I had. And whether it be um, a low-budget student film or an indie film that was just showing in festivals or whatever, you know, every day I would make the best I could make it. And mm-hmm. and if I wasn't actually filming, then I kind of created my own business, which was the Frost French. And then I started working um, as producing. Um, and I always kept myself busy. You know, I've never really had time off. I've never had, you know, I've had maybe an afternoon off or sometimes the odd day. And yes, mm-hmm. I've gone on holiday. But when mm-hmm. I go on holiday, I'm very productive and I do... A lot of prepping and working when I'm away. and So you're not someone who can go on holiday and sit on a beach for two weeks and never, switch off? Right. Never. Okay. I'm not that kind of person. Yeah. So people sometimes, or if I'm traveling, it's like great to get away because I find um, a lot of administration and calls and all that stuff takes mm-hmm. up a lot of your creative space. And I like being creative and I like being focused. I think maybe when I was a young mum, like in my 20s, there was times when I'd walk around going, what do I do today? Mm-hmm. And I'd go for coffee with a friend when I had nothing to do. Yeah. Whereas now, 
meeting up with a friend or catching up and having coffee is like really difficult and people get really cross because they're like, yeah. why haven't you got... I'm only saying half an hour of your time and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that, I don't have that right now. I feel like that's something I hear a lot though and it feels think like it's a, a shift in culture. I like, think it's a shift in culture because yeah. when you say you're busy, like I say to a friend, oh, I'd love to see you and they go, oh, well, I'm really busy. I'm like, well, we're all busy. Yeah. But the thing, that, the thing is, we're all busy being busy mm-hmm. and, you know, I think you do have to make time for your friends and family and to do things for you. Like, I block myself out to do things like, um, you know, to go to the gym or go for a sauna and do things or go to the park with the, my dog or whatever mm-hmm. because I know that if I put in you know back to back meetings whether it be with production on my frost line or me and Ben working on our documentary or um, me producing this film I'm doing in India you know I just become a machine and I've got there's nothing to me mm-hmm. and I'm not going to be human anymore I'm just going to be a robotic person that's going from meeting to meeting so yes you do prioritize and then sometimes you know, I kind of go, all right, I'd, I'd like to kind of catch up with a couple of friends this week or, or do this, this and this. But mm. you have a little quota and you mm-hmm. kind of balance it all out. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I do it on this kind of written diary that I have in front of me. Mm-hmm. I have two questions before we move to your routine now. Yeah. The first one is, so you've had two divorces in your life and I wondered how you managed to keep things healthy and happy for everyone involved, including yourself. Well, I mean, I think it's just better to be friends with the person, you know, your ex and be loving and wish them well even when you're going through difficult times but for the kids it's very important you know me and Gary got on well right from the beginning well we we, we maintained a relationship and, and same with me and Jude mm. and I think it's very important for our children and then it'll be our grandchildren and um but it is tough it's challenging but I think you have to do that I think you owe your kids that and I think people that just kind of pretend someone never existed and just raise them from their life that's just the easiest option to do. Um, so, yeah, it's very important. And your daughter Iris models. Did you have any misgivings about that? Particularly because modelling now is very different to mm. what it was when you started because of social media and mm-hmm. everyone's kind of got an opinion now. So she's very creative. If I was ever worried about her just being somebody that, you know, she's very clever, um, grade A student across the board, you know, very good at English, mm-hmm. very good at art, very good at kind of coming up with concepts and ideas. Um, I think if she wants... Her modelling won't... It's not like that's going to be a dead-ending career for her because she'll model, which is leading her to be involved in fashion because that's mm-hmm. what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She's creating things. She was just in Tokyo doing a sustainable dyeing course. Mm-hmm. Um, now she's auditioning for films and stuff, and she will also... Go, she's going back to doing courses in New York and Japan and everywhere. So, you know what? It'll, it'll be something she does for a couple of years and she'll be clever and save her money... Mm-hmm. And then go off and do whatever yeah. she wants to do. Yeah, so it's almost like a passport to freedom, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And that's what I did when I was a kid. Yeah. Let's talk about now then. So you started doing yoga when you were young, but it's sort of had a renaissance in your life. Tell me about that. So my mum introduced it to me when I was about 15, 16, and um, planted the seed, and I kept going back to it. And then, not, like, I remember in my early 20s, I was going to this place in Notting Hill with my friend, and then we, and I was just going back and doing it all the time. But it only became... Probably eight, nine years ago when I would be doing it every day, part of my daily routine, before I'd be going to classes th- three times a week, four times a week. But I don't know, it's probably been part of my life for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. I've been going to retreats in India for, must be ten years plus. Oh, really? I mean, it was difficult doing anything when you have four children. Yeah. You know, getting to the gym, doing yoga, having a routine. You're getting up in the morning and you're getting them up and going on, a, on the school run, but... 
it, as the children got older and I had less at home, I had more time for myself. And do you find self-practice or classes work better for you? Self-practice, really. I'd love to get to more classes. I do like classes, but... It's quite hard. Yeah. I'm, I know that by the, if, you know, it's an hour and a half, two hours out of your day, because if I do self-practice, I can just do 30, 40 minutes, yeah. and then I'll do a class when I can. Do you prefer to do it in the morning or evening? Morning. Okay, so you yeah. get up, meditate, and then do some yoga. Yeah, so yeah. like meditate at seven. <clears throat> Are there any day. other things in your daily routine that you're a bit um, strict about, like what time you go to bed, or whether you either watch a program or read a book or have a bath? So the mornings are the, the, the main things I do, you know, kind of, um, yeah, try and wake up in time between five and seven, meditate, then do yoga, and then do some kind of, you know, incense, um, do all that body brushing, steam, and then by nine I will go on emails, if I haven't already, and then calls, and then be working all day, and then the evenings I kind of just try now... You know, sometimes I'd like to be able to go to the gym or yoga, but I just try and have family time. So once I finish, I try to start thinking about finishing work at five and then just available for the kids um, and dinner and all that kind of stuff after five. And then maybe once I go to bed, I'll go back on emails for a couple of hours. But try, you know, try not to think too much about heavy duty work because that was, I was always finding that I was getting so stressed if I suddenly saw there was anything negative before I was going to bed. So I'll do some kind of emails that are creative mm -hmm. rather than business. And do you have any rules around phone time or social media for yourself? Um, I'm beginning just to turn my phone off and just not look at it so much because it's just so stressful. Yeah, I'm just about to start this new job where I'm directing a documentary about Mary Quant, so I need to mm -hmm. not have distractions, so I think I'll just try and get on, be on it less and less. Am I right in saying that the impression I've got get from you over the course of this interview is that you approach your exterior more from the interior so you're someone who's more likely to spend time doing yoga and you know really like trying to find zen and comfort in yourself than someone who'll go and get a makeup artist in and put on a load of makeup. yeah definitely i think it's yeah. more about like doing it for myself rather than going and getting a massage you know mm -hmm. um i'll do i can get the physical benefits of a massage by doing yoga yeah um or relaxation and breathing and positive thinking mm -hmm. So no, I don't, yeah, I mean, I like to get my nails done every now and again, but I try, I think I'm low maintenance in that way. But could you name five-ish beauty mm. products that for you, if you had to move house all of a sudden and you thought, I need to put five things in the bathroom, what so would they be? So poor, poor. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that's what I have to live with. It's a big pot of it as well. Well, no, because okay. otherwise I lose it. And if I don't, if I don't have it, then I, I mm -hmm. panic. Well, I, I would have some, oh, what's it called? Well, some kind of eyebrow Eyebrow mascara, eyebrow mascara would be, I don't know what brand. Yeah, brow gel, but you don't have a particular brow brand. gel. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe if I find it in my bag. Um, Do you fill your brows in? Well, a little bit, because I like them quite dark. Right, but you've get... not become obsessed with the eyebrow trend that's going on. Well, I've just always been like that. Okay. I've always liked them. And then they plucked them in the 80s and they didn't grow back so much. Yeah. And as women get older, you look, your eyebrows aren't so you thick. What's brand this? Oh, that's uh, Benefit. Oh, it is Benefit, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. towards the end of its life, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because I use it so much. Anything else? Um, if I was using a base, the best one I think is definitely Chanel. That's, that's me, the one of. that makes your skin a bit glowy and yeah. covers everything up. Lovely, yeah. I think, yeah. I think they don't really have anything else. So I like perfume I do like. So I like mm -hmm. Chanel number five and I like Herbler, Galane. Mm -hmm. I like things with orange in. Yeah. Um, but then I have a lot, a lot of natural oils. Okay, and you'll use them as perfume? Yeah. And what goes in your bath? 
Well, I'm more of a shower person because oh. I didn't. I used to be bath, but I don't really. I like to be in and out. Okay. <laughs> Another thing that's rushed. Right. So I've got a steam, which okay. is great because I have. Um, I do stuff from asthma and stuff. So mm-hmm. if I go in the steam and do body brushing, and I find that relaxing, but I don't really want to go and sit in a bath because I. If I do try and sit in a bath now, I go. Oh my god, I've got to get out really quickly. Yeah. I don't have time for this. Yeah, it's quite satisfying to feel like you're doing something as well. I find that yeah. about body brushing is like quite a yeah. thrilling thing. Yeah. Funny yeah. though, I was always a bath person, but mm. like showers. But now things. you're into it. Right, final four questions then to ask you about life in general. First thing is you've lived in London a long time. Tell us where the best places to go are. Well, I, I kind of um, don't like going uh, like anywhere apart from like I like. North London, so mm-hmm. so like Primrose Hill, Camden, Hampstead, down to Soho. Otherwise, it takes so long. I don't mind getting on the tube. I like the tube. I like getting on the Jubilee Line or the Northern Line. But you know, I have if I've got kind of got to go to my office or I've got to do this or I've got to do that, and the kids at school, mm-hmm. I want I don't want to be too far. Yeah. But obviously, there's lovely places to go if you're going to Richmond for the day or that. But those things. I don't, you know. So if someone was spending a day around that area, what would you recommend doing? Where would you recommend eating? Or, Try um, yoga. Yeah. Go to yoga, and then they've got the cafe there, which is great, the mm-hmm. food. Then the Everyman Cinema in Belsize Park mm-hmm. or Hampstead. Um, Limonia Restaurant on Regent's Park Road. Regent's Park Road is my favourite because it hasn't really changed so much. It's not changed in like 20 years No, because they, well, they've, yeah. they've brought in new shops, but the, you know, they, they can't really change too much because yeah. of... It's a, a very residential area. And then Hampstead Heath mm-hmm. <clears throat> on the top of Primrose Hill. Yeah, so basically go for a walk, eat a lot, and then go to the yeah. cinema. And then the canal's really nice, you know, mm. going on the canal. So what to your mind has been your greatest triumph, career or personal? Um, I don't think of one particular thing. I just think the fact that you kind of, like, led a really fulfilled, happy, powerful life around family and combining a career and and children and always being inspired mm-hmm. is has been great because every day it's exciting what one piece of advice would you give your younger self i think i would have like not run around after i, I mean i feel very comfortable at knowing what i think is right and wrong mm. now and who my friends are and what makes me happy and i think when i was younger i was very led by people and i felt like i didn't you know i can really i know that now I'm in the right place and doing the right thing. I wish I knew that a bit more when I was younger. I thought I was missing out. I had to go out a lot. And mm. At that time, I just think I was... Everyone else was more exciting. Because now I'm like, I know that all those things that you try and chase are, are like, they're not real. And, you know, and I let in a lot of people that I shouldn't have done. Yeah. You know, that annoys me, that I put my family at risk because I trusted people that actually was just quite jealous and just wanted what I had, so they screwed me over um and you know that that hurt because you know you you trust people you do nice things and you let them in and then they and they do that and i make i don't want any of that to happen to my kids if you were having a dinner party name three people dead or alive that would be on your dream guest list oh it would have to be my kids wouldn't it my best time is when i'm sitting around with my children having dinner okay what about if your kids were here so you're hosting a family dinner party and you're allowed to invite mm-hmm. three people from the outside world in well, I always say Marilyn Monroe because I was always a huge fan and then David Bowie mm-hmm. and maybe Freddie Mercury. Loads of people have said musical people. I feel like everyone wants to have, kind of have a well, concert. Well, I don't know. But, I mean, Marilyn Monroe just was so in awe of her films from, you know, and, and just to know her and, and get her. And yeah. Do you think she's a good actress? 
I think, you know, she's what she... I mean, I think it's her as a person that's interesting and her background, mm. you know, not her, so much her acting, but, you know, where people come from, mm. you know, what their journey's been, you know, and I yeah. think the same with um, um, Freddie Mercury and David yeah. Bowie. But, I, you know, you just want people that make you, when you watch them on... on um, on film or you listen to their music that um, inspire you and yeah. it's like you make your you just get that feeling the reason I asked that about Marilyn Monroe is because I don't think of her as really being a character actress she's more someone who played herself yeah. and she was the old quintessential movie star yeah exactly so I kind of find that quite interesting because as an actor who's interested in her it's kind of a different perspective yeah almost. but as a little girl like six, seven, eight, when you yeah. looked at all those Hollywood films that's one of the reasons why I wanted to act yeah because she had that amazing presence yeah, yeah. Thank you so very much for coming on the show. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 